You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. I, I had mentioned it. You've probably forgotten because I have as well. I always go back and I, we lay out like a preaching series, what we're going to do. And I always go back, okay, what am I supposed to be talking about this week? And we're going to kind of wrap up our Proverbs series that we had done quite a while ago. I left chapter 31 for Mother's Day and Father's Day. And ladies, you probably, if you've been in church, think that Proverbs 31 is all about you. But uh, I'll tell you a secret. There's nine verses in there that are not about you. That's actually before you. I, I will not mention the woman in my household, because there's several, but I said, I'm preaching on Proverbs 31, and I kind of got this weird look, like, you're going to do that again on Father's Day? Like, what is that all about? I'm like, there's nine verses in here that are about dad. So I've got four things I want to share with you, but advice from mom, I know it's Father's Day, but this is mom's advice for men, for you and for me, whether you're married or not. But this is advice for us. At Like most things, most of this stuff is for all of us, right? But specifically, this is advice by a mom to her dad who happens to be king, and it's good for all of us. So read with me if you would in Proverbs 31. The Bible says this, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? That's never, when you're a kid, that's not a good thing. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> she, here it is in Scripture. She's like, what are you doing, son? It's king. You are messing up. Here's what she says. What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those who are in bitter distress, just incredible distress of soul, it means. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Here's a mom concerned about her her son's actions, and she's close enough to King Lemuel. We really don't know who he is. Some have thought that, well, maybe that's Solomon. It's all conjecture. Truth be known, we have no clue who this person is. And if you can accept the Bible as coming from God, it's really kind of irrelevant. You know, theologians get into trouble when they try to answer questions that the Bible doesn't answer. And sometimes they try to get right up on the edge of a cliff and they end up falling over because God's like, yeah, I'm not trying to answer that question you're asking. You know, God's not obligated to answer every little thing that we want to know. And He doesn't bother to tell us who it is, but it's irrelevant. But... She gives some significant advice, advice that we need to hear. And the first thing I want us to recognize, if you're going to be a, a man of God, and as we think about you know, following the advice of mom and what it means to be a man that, that honors God and lives our lives in this well before Him, the first thing is, is we don't need to forget the advice of mom and dad. Right? You know, when kids grow up and they get out of the home, they're thinking kind of, woohoo, I can finally do my own thing and do whatever I want. I don't have to listen to mom and dad. That's true. But you also get to pay your own bills and take care of your own messes and do everything else. And mom and dad on the other side are like, woohoo, you know, there's kind of a double thing going on here along the way. But no matter how old you are, 
when you have received good wisdom and good counsel and good advice, good lifestyle, we should not be quick to move beyond what mom and dad taught. I know there is a an easy thing today for people to just kind of want to kick to the curb and I'm going to do my own thing and live it whatever. Like You are welcome to absolutely do that. It's a foolish move. It is a dumb move. There is wisdom and truth, things that are helpful that really takes years and generations to learn because your parents have learned from their parents based on mistakes their parents made or their grandparents based on good things that they learned and you are getting the benefit of that downstream, whether you were raised by a single parent or however that played out in your world, we should be careful to not move past the things of mom and dad. So here's mom, adult mom talking to her adult son, who her son is king. We don't know how big his kingdom is. We don't know if it's you know, if it's measured in, in hundreds or thousands of square miles and how many people live there. But she says, son, I see you. I love you. You are my son. You are son of my vows. In other words, I, as you were born into this world, I made my commitments to God in heaven to how I was going to raise you. I have brought you before the Lord. I have taken responsibility in my life to pour into you. And now you are an adult And there's still an investment that I have towards you. Those of you who have sent your kids on out, you know, from your home beyond, that's kind of next level parenting. Most of us, when we became parents, thought, what am I going to do? I got this little kid. It's wonderful. And I thought, I don't ever get any sleep anymore. And this kid's waking me up, this baby, and you love your kid. And then you hit toddler ages and they're getting everything. You're like, whoa, this is hard and all of that. But I'll tell you a secret, next level parenting is actually not what happens when they're inside your home. It's actually when they are now more of an adult and that you don't have the ability to direct their lives nearly as much. And it's your how you interact and relate to them. That's kind of where it's even more challenging. But mom said, son, I love you. And there's a responsibility that I need to speak into your world. And Now, be careful in the middle of this. It's what we could like read too much into this really easy, but let me make some really just kind of high altitude observations. One, families are important together. Even we know that when a man shall leave his father and mother and, you know, cling and cleave to his wife, there is a leaving of home in that sense, but there is still an extended family in our lives that is important, even down through the generations. But mom only gave advice, not for her preferences. She's not saying, son, I really want you here on Mother's Day. I really, you got to be here on my birthday. You got to be here on Christmas and all of that. You said, you got to do all the stuff that I want you to do. She's not saying preferences. She's actually watching out for him to be a good king because she says, son, you've got some responsibilities in the world around you. You've got some responsibilities to live up to, and your life matters in that. So she only spoke out, as we have it, when there is something much greater at stake than just her preferences, her desires. And she says, son, please listen, because this was not how I've brought you. You know that there's some other responsibilities that you have in your life. So men, especially you, the way you live your life matters to God and the way you even live your life as an adult matters to those that have invested years and decades into you and praying for you if you came from a Christian family. And it's important how we live that. And so don't ever forget the counsel 
the wisdom and advice her mom and dad. As I look back to my parents and as I look back to my dad specifically, just taught me the ways of God and led me to Christ and all of that. But on top of it, uh, values that I've kind of recently looking back and reflecting on my life and his is that he taught me along the way the value of hard work, right? He was like, it, and it's not so much what he said. I don't ever remember him sitting down. Now, son, you need to work hard. You need to do this and all of that. But it was the way he lived. And it was the expectations that put on me. It was not so much what you do as it is how you do it and to invest and work hard and, and be effective and do your best at the things you put your hand to. So don't move beyond that kind of advice. The things that are junk that your parents didn't get right, and by the way, your parents are not the only ones that messed up. Newsflash, you know, all of our parents messed up. There's not a person in this room whose parents got everything right. And so you accept what is good, you reject what's bad, and you pursue God in the middle of it, and you keep moving forward. Second thing I want you to recognize, not only is it good to listen to even to adult parents, and we should be careful not to move past that counsel, but notice what she says. She says, son, in verse 2, do not give your strength to women. Kind of stop that. Cut it out. Your ways to those who destroy kings. Son, the enemy you're facing is not outside of the gate. It's not somebody who's threatening to come in and take over. Son, you are giving your strength. You're giving your best. You are at risk of making ruin in your kingdom by chasing and fooling around with other ladies you got no business doing. Now, in this Middle Eastern world, in this culture, it would have been common for a king to have multiple wives, right? It's kind of a show of strength and power. The more wives you could support, I guess, you know, that, that's the way that thinking kind of went. Uh, thankfully, we don't live anywhere in that world, so you and I, uh, men, don't have that situation. But what we do have and what the Bible is pointing back to is that you can make a mess of your life if you involve yourself inappropriately with someone else in another relationship. You can be disastrous. You can ruin your kingdom. Now, your kingdom may not be, you know, as a dictator or controlling a world, but everybody is kingdom in their own little world, whether that's your home or where you live the lives over whom you have influence. It's your not your kingdom so much that you own it when you go to work, but you have influence there in the way you function and the way you interact and relate. And so, men, you and I are to be careful that we don't give our strength away, that we don't make ruin in our lives based on our relationships with others. Those of you that are married... There's only one person in this world you need to be giving yourself to, and it was the woman you said, I do, to, or to whom you said, I do, or whatever the right English way to say that is. But when you said, I do, to her, you said, I don't, to every other woman for the rest of your life. You know, Scripture tells us that we are, it commands us early on in Proverbs that we are to rejoice. Men, we're to have a joy and to look toward our wives, that we should rejoice in the wife of our youth. Now, that's not for you to say, well, honey, you're just not what you were when you used to be. You know, you're not youthful anymore. I can't find joy in you. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, look back, no matter how far along and how many years you've got under your belt, you ought to look back and have a joy in your heart toward that woman, that woman that's been with you all along should be the 
the joy and the focus of your life. Now, folks, God, whenever God commands us to do something, that means we have a choice in the middle of it. Like, there is a choice. So often, and we've talked a bit about this, that, you know, our, our world feels that we're a victim or that we're somehow hijacked by our emotions. That, you know, well, it's not my fault. I just don't love you anymore. It's not my fault that I feel this way and I, you know, this. And, folks, we are responsible for us. Everything that happens inside here and everything that goes on inside our heart and everything that's going on inside of us, we are responsible for. And so if there's a reason, men, that you're struggling to have joy towards your wife, to have that in, in your heart and your eyes are wandering and you're looking and your heart is beginning to confide in and, and go into relationships where it should not be, then the issue is inside of you. It is not inside your wife. It is not inside anything else, but the situation is with you. And be careful because for us, so often, you know, guys are like, well, we didn't actually, you know, sleep together or do anything. We didn't hook up. We didn't go get a motel room. Well, the problem happens long before that. There's not, and ladies, this is for all of us, there's not a person that we should be giving our heart to, that we should be uh, excited to be around, that we should be confiding in and sharing life with more than our spouse. In fact, there should be no competition. It should be miles difference in the things that we talk about and the way our conversations go and the, the joy and the things that we have toward anybody else. So be careful to avoid inappropriate relationships. You will be giving your strength. You will be giving away your best. And you will be ruining your kingdom. You will be destroying that. So mom says, be careful. Be careful with inappropriate relationships. Third thing, be careful with alcohol. She looked at her son and said, son, you're a king and you're focusing on all these ladies too much and you're really not doing a very good job being king. You're kind of distracted and you're messing things up. But son, I also notice you tend to be partying a little bit here. Like, it is not for you to be drinking wine. It's not for you to be, you know, knocking it back. It's not for you on, woohoo, it's the weekend. I'm going to, you know, have a little fun and relax and blow off some steam. Son, you're king. It's not for you. Give, save the alcohol for those who have a reason to forget. Now, this is not a, this passage is not really giving us, it's not saying, uh, Complete abstinence is right. My conviction that Scripture teaches is that drunkenness is wrong. And in our culture, drunkenness happens a lot sooner than that. There are stricter regulations for airline pilots with alcohol than there is for driving a car. Because even science, everyone recognizes that you've got issues long before you even blow .08. You may not think you do, but you do. And but neither is it saying, oh, we should just go ahead and, you know, drown our sorrows in alcohol that I'm bitter in soul and I should go get drunk and forget about it. No, that's not the solution either. But what's going on is the mom looks at her, her son and saying, son, you're making you're making some mistakes in here because when you when your thinking is clouded by this, you are responsible for the judgment for the decisions. People are looking to you for direction and wisdom and protection and guidance. 
And when you're under the influence, you are highly at risk of messing this up and messing up people's lives. Now, if you're king, in theory, you can delegate to your number two, your vice king. I don't know if there was such a thing, but like the number two in the land, right? You know, you're president, you're like, hey, I'm going fishing. <laughs> you're in charge. But you know what, dads? You technically never get a day off when you're a dad. You don't. When you're sick, you're a dad. When you are trying to go on vacation, you're a dad. When you are asleep, you are a dad. And sometimes you get woken up with things you got to deal with. You never get that time off. And if it's difficult enough, you know, airlines and pilots are having to be, you know, even more careful with alcohol. That flying an aircraft is far more simpler than it is wading into relationships and conversations and understanding the challenges that kids and other people are dealing with our lives. And it takes our full-on attention dealing with those things. So this morning, what mom's trying to tell her son is saying, son, would you please pump the brakes on the alcohol? Would you please be careful with that? So I'm not advocating this morning abstinence completely. I'm not. But I am advocating kind of what mom says. Would you consider and be careful with your own use of alcohol? It's interesting how this plays out in our culture today. Near uh, On my way home, I go out 890, and toward the end of it, probably most of you don't go out west because there's not much past Schenectady. you got to get way out there towards Syracuse or whatever. But... It used to be the old Rotterdam Square Mall. Those of you who've lived here a long time know where it was. It's now the aquarium, right, you know, out that way. And there was a gun shop that used to be right out there by the mall. And it closed somewhere around two, three, four years ago. I don't remember when, somewhere where around COVID. And, uh, and now it's a liquor store. And there would be a lot of people in New York that would say, well, it's a lot safer. We shut down the gun shop. It's a lot safer. I'll tell you a secret. Do you know how many people, according to CDC, die in comparison with guns nationally than in comparison to alcohol? A little under 50,000 people put them all together. Suicides, murders, accidental everything, guns. People um, die annually due to firearms. Triple that number for people that die due to alcohol. Alcohol is actually three times more deadly. Now, you take out the suicides by firearm, let's do, you do it to compare apples to apples, because nobody drinks alcohol to commit suicide. It goes up to six times more dangerous, alcohol is, than firearms. You see, and if anybody that knows anything about firearms, you have to be really careful and all kinds of training with that. We need to be really careful, folks, with alcohol. Statistically, one out of four or five people that drink end up being dependent on alcohol. In other words, you won't go a day, you won't go a week without it. Like, I got to have it. I'm facing too much stress. I need this to relax. One out of four or five. And I know statistics can play numbers, and I know there's more dynamics and all of that, but in my world, that is really, really high. Really high. And so look at the chart just to kind of help us with this danger aspect. But a study was done not long ago where a number of experts that 
that work in this area of people that are battling uh, chemical dependencies, all of that. And, and they looked at situations that cause harm to themselves versus harm to others. The dark is the harm to yourself, the person that's drinking or using, and you can see all the different drugs and influences on the left. And, and then the light blue is when harm was caused to themselves. Number one by miles is alcohol. More effect, more deadly, more harm to other people than any of the others. More than heroin, more than crack cocaine, more than meth, keep on going down the line. If you look about number, what, seven or eight down there, see cannabis, see pot, weed. You know what strikes me with this chart with pot and with weed? There's only about three of these that's actually more harmful to other people, significantly more harmful. It's alcohol, heroin, and cocaine. We, you know, our government and our world says, well, weed doesn't matter. Does it hurt anybody? Well, that's actually not true. So even though it's legalized, be careful, folks. You know, the Bible tells us we are to be sober-minded. We are to have our wits about us and to be alert and to be in that way, to be able to worship and to serve God, to be able to respond to others. And so I recognize that people, you know, drink and whatever for different reasons, but if your world is getting so stressful... Your body needs ways to relax, in my estimation, other than alcohol. That's, in fact, that's when you need that in order to relax, you actually are stepping on a slippery slope and going down that road. And you may not have trouble with it, but you are modeling for your kids because they will pick up on a note and they might go down that road. And instead, find other ways, whether it's, I don't know, resting, taking a nap, going for a walk, just take a hot shower, something to, for your body. And then on the internal, in, in my world, when the stresses push in hard, that's a signal that I don't need something outside to help me to deal with it. I need to bring those concerns to God. And that's, I know that's preacher speak, and I know that's spiritual, all that, but it actually works. When you really are saying, God, I got this big thing I can't fix, and I've got this burden, walking through that season with God to deal with it, is really what we should be as, as followers of Christ rather than depending on something else to change our, our mental and our, you know, our, our, our spiritual outlook in life. So, so mom says, be careful with women, be careful with alcohol, avoid inappropriate relationships with others, and be careful. doesn't say that it's wrong, but be careful with it. Treat it, we should see it more like you're handling a firearm than we really do. Be careful. Don't follow the, the thinking of the, the culture and the world around us. We live in a state that says, oh yeah, that, those statistics don't matter. You know, we can legalize whatever we want. It doesn't hurt that many people. Don't follow that wisdom. Follow the Lord's wisdom. Fourth thing and I'm done. Following mom's advice and being godly man, not only are we going to be careful with alcohol, now we're going to be careful in our relationships and that our lives matter and we listen to mom. But look what it says in verse 8 and 9. Mom says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. She says, Son, your job as king is to look out for the little guy. You wield a lot of power, son. And this world 
lives and thrives off of power. Those folks will take care of themselves. Your job as to king is to make sure that the voiceless, the, the mute, the one that can't speak up for themselves, that doesn't have that platform or that opportunity, the ones that are vulnerable, that is your job to protect and to care for and to make sure they are taken care of. So to you fathers especially, and especially you dads who have young ones in your home, there's no, there's no one more vulnerable on this planet than children. And the younger they are, the more vulnerable they are. And your job, Dad, it starts in your home to make sure that you are taking care of the vulnerable in your home. And hang with me because we as parents can easily run over the top of our kids in ways that we should not be doing. We, when we walk through Proverbs, I did one in talking about parenting and, and discipline and those things. But we as dads especially... Our voice carries a lot of weight in our kids' lives. It really does. Moms and dads are important. And dads, I know the culture, the standard MO for movies and tropes these days are, you know, is the dumb, stupid dad that doesn't know anything. And it's the teenager that's smart, that's smarter than dad and kind of rebukes dad and is funny and figures all this stuff out. I know that's the formula and the recipe for media. Don't believe any of it whatsoever. Dad, your job and role is so significant and important. And I don't know. I've not sat down. I've not studied this. I've not looked at it. But anecdotally, as I've talked with just uh, dozens, maybe hundreds, I don't know how many people helping them unpack lives, it seems to me, and, and maybe it's because the challenge is more with dads being not being there than moms, but dads, your impact that you have on your daughter's lives and on your son's lives are just so profound. And when that is neglected, when that is not done well, it just, there is a parenting thing in our lives that we are setting our kids up for a trajectory of life. And there are so many young men and daughters walking around struggling, either a lack of that relationship and they're trying to fill that void and, or there's in the middle of that relationship damage that's done. And so, men, we've got a responsibility to speak into their world, to provide and care and love and be present, but along the way, to be careful. Because, let's face it, it's easy as mom and dad to parent by what is convenient for us, to, to do things based on what, what, not just what we prefer, but just where we are in that moment and to make our discipline based on whether we're inconvenienced or not, based on how we feel or not, more than just what they did or what they're thinking or where they're working in life. And so what, what as, as mom is talking to us, for us, we should not assume that the protection that, you know, the vulnerable is the enemy is out there. Actually, because we're all sinners, mom and dad, some of that enemy is inside of us. Some of that stuff is inside of us, that even stuff that we've not dealt with in our past and either our own anger issues that are boiling over into our kids' lives or other things that we're wrestling through. And so our job is to give justice, which means at times we're going to even check ourselves. By the way, husbands and wives, that's why it's healthy. I don't know how it works for you, those of you that still have kids at home, but in Susan's and my world, it, was, it would be pretty rare when we were both, you know, just 
not right or whatever, and it's helpful to have another person, a more objective, say, whoa, you need to calm down a little bit, or maybe we need to deal with this in you know, an hour or something, or let's work through these things. And so start with yourself and your kingdom and make sure that you are even protecting your kids from any of your own, you know, manipulation or bullying or any of those kinds of things in your own life with your kids. And then be the person that is using the influence that God has given you. You're not king of the land. You are kings and queens in your home when you're married. But when you're at work, you may not be a king and a queen. You may not even be a part of the royal family in your office, but you are somebody in there with a voice and with a behavior and with actions and opinions. And so whether it's dealing with office stuff or whether you know things pop up, you and I need to not be so bashful and afraid. We don't need to be obnoxious jerks and, you know, well, you're wrong because you think that way. But we ought to be giving a voice to those who don't have a voice. We shouldn't just lay over. We shouldn't just play dead. So let me, let me pick on an easy one that's very easy. Um, you know, we could talk about the theology of this, but there's also the practical um, physiology of it as well. You know, Scripture is very clear that God made Adam and Eve male and female, right? And today to be living in a culture where Kids are being encouraged and manipulated, not just in our culture, but individuals. And those who should have a responsibility to protect them when they're struggling with their own emotions and physical identities and all of those things. It's horrible. It's unconscionable to be altering, you know, whether through hormones or actual surgeries, their body and trying to change something. Uh, during COVID, it was always follow the science, right? Follow the science, follow the science. I, it just it kills me. Like, well, let's follow the science here. There's nobody that's able to alter physically and make a man into a woman, a woman into a man physiologically. <laughs> you just, you can't. It's mutilation at best. It's, it's mutilation. And so when those conversations come up, we as Christians should not just close our mouths and walk away and hide. That's a mistake. There's a ditch on that side of the road. Neither should we be obnoxious and, hey, everybody, listen to me. You're wrong and you're just so stupid and this is just... Neither should we be obnoxious and jerks on that side. We should be somewhere in the middle of saying... and it, I'm, talk, I'm thinking right now in the instance of sitting down and having lunch with a co-worker or somebody that's maybe being bold with their opinion and we should say, you know what, I can understand why you say that. But here's what I think, and here's why. And they might call you out or whatever, and so be it. But dads, we have to be a voice in our world for the defenseless, for those that don't have a voice in the middle of it. And I know this plays out in so many different ways, but you and I, the way we live our lives, we are God's agents of righteousness in a world around us. I'm not saying it's our job to, to go out and enforce all of it. I'm not talking about that. But as we share, as we live our life, and as we have those conversations, how we do those things is important. And we may not be king, but we do have influence, and we should use it appropriately. We should use it appropriately even as we you know, exercise in a country that, that is a republic that 
we get to vote and approve of our leaders. These things matter. You know, God didn't say, hey, make sure the economy in your city and your state is good. (laughs) You know, that shouldn't be number one in our voting. It's like, take care of the defenseless. Look for justice. Look for those. It's our job to be to protect and to help and to aid. So what did you need to hear this morning out of the advice from mom? There's a bunch of different things in here. Mom's just kind of saying, son, I love you. I've given 20 years or however old he was of my life to you, and I think you're awesome. But you're kind of screwing up here in a couple of places. I really wish you would look at those things. So maybe, maybe you're in a spot where you've begun taking mom and dad, your, your adult mom and dad, you know, for granted. Recognize that and invest back into them. Life is so short and so fast and so fast-paced. You can wake up one day and realize that you just months go into years where you really haven't been, you know, well together as a, as a larger family. Maybe you have allowed your eyes to wander. Maybe you've allowed your heart to wander. Maybe you haven't done anything. But you've been thinking and you've been looking and you've been in your heart. Like, ah. And you've been looking for something different. You need to cut that off and deal with it. And don't give your strength to anyone else and move back and take those thoughts in your mind to help you to realize there really is a problem that needs to be worked on and Lean into that with God, and He'll speak into your heart. Maybe alcohol for you is something you've kind of had this nag, and you're like, ah, I think I'm going a little too much. If you think you're doing too much, you definitely are. And if you need help with that, because the whole alcohol thing is not just a spiritual thing, it's a psychological thing, it's a social thing, it's a physiological, there's a There's a whole holistic thing in there when you start going down that road. But ask for some help. There's no shame in all of these because all of us have messed up in these, more than one of these on this list. And the God of heaven loves you and he sent Jesus to die for you to not just forgive you of your sins, but to save you out of them and your addictions and the challenges and the things that we face. God wants us to, to move us out of that. So look to him in that. And maybe you've... Maybe you've not taken a focus on the vulnerable in your life. It's so easy in our life, guys, to just focus on building our kingdom, accruing to us. And mom's telling King Lemuel, she's like, son, your job isn't to build for you. Your job is to take care of those others around you. And that flips what on its head what our culture teaches us and what most of us tend to think, you know, let me amass and do and and all of that. And Maybe you need to give a little more thought about the influence and the protections and the lives of others or those around you. But I don't know what God has spoken to your heart, but would you respond to Him? I'm going to pray and we're going to sing our last song, but would you respond to Him today? Pray with me, would you? Father, thank You for the Lord Jesus who died for us. Lord, these are um, countercultural things that we're reading about today. Advice from a mom to a son millennia ago. But Lord, they're just as current today as they were then. Help us to be men and women that honor you with relationships that are honorable to you. 
And Lord, help us to experience all that you have for us in this world and to be a blessing to those around us, to not live for ourselves. Lord, help us. We don't want to, not only do we not want to harm others around us, Lord, we want to help them. And through Jesus Christ, we can do that. So Lord, help us to do that well in our homes and help us to, to start there and to spread that to others, I pray in Jesus' name.